Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Gray, Georgia. Led by Pastor Randy Darnell, FBC Gray seeks to help people of all walks of life find Jesus and give Jesus away. If you are ever in the middle Georgia area, we would love to see you at one of our services. You can learn more about us at fbcgray.org. Now let's join Pastor Randy as we take another look into God's Word. So I know of a, I know of a little boy who was a, a good little boy. He, uh, he used his manners, he was friendly, he was kind, he was helpful. He was the kid that, uh, that you wanted to be friends with your kid. He was the kid that, that you wanted to have in your class if, if he was a teacher. He, was, he tried real hard not to get into trouble. He was a little boy, he was bound to get into trouble. But when he got in trouble, it just about killed him because he did not want to do that. He wanted to be the best at what he did and sometimes he was. But a lot of times he was just good, and then sometimes he was just average. And so he couldn't understand, the little boy could not understand why sometimes when he would be at home that his dad would just go off for nothing and, and, and would, would spank him hard, 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 long spankings and say horrible things to him. He couldn't understand that. He, he was trying so hard to be good. Why, why does that not matter? Why, why does it not make a difference why doesn't somebody care there was a woman that uh met this man she had never been married he'd been married before and uh, uh it's one of those love at first sight things you know and uh so they fell in love gonna get married he had a slew of kids i mean like he had a collection whole bunch of kids and when they got married she loved his kids and she loved his kids like they were her kids and she thought to herself not not loving them and taking care of them because she was looking for reward but she just kind of expected that because she was loving them like they were her own and doing everything she could and some of the kids that he had needed some raising and one of the kids was a major duty special needs child and she's doing all of this work so the first time he hit her it came as a big surprise. And then the, the next time he hit her, it made her really, really angry. But then the next time he beat her, she got scared. And she got very, very scared. Scared so badly, in fact, that she won't leave him because she says that she knows that he will track her down and he will kill her. Better to stay where she is and take the beating than to go somewhere else and get killed. I know of a lot of people in this church, I know a lot of people in this church who have been just living their lives, minding their own business, and enjoying their families, enjoying their career, enjoying life as it goes. Uh, had the normal ups and downs of life, into every life a little rain may fall. But by and large, it's just a good life. Everything's going pretty good. We've, we've, we're living the dream. We've accumulated stuff. We've got a big 12 by 24 barn out in the backyard that's full of our stuff. And then when we go on Friday nights to see the greyhounds beat somebody else, 
We pray that continues through the end of the season. They beat the other team. They're solidly number one. That was really cool. When you see Coach Chastain, let him know how proud we are of him and his team. But anyways, you're going to the Greyhound Stadium. Over on the left, there's these storage buildings. We've got so much stuff that we have to rent one of those storage buildings to put our stuff in there so we can forget about it and then 20 years from now have a yard sale. That's the way we do this thing, right? Life's good. But then there's that day that you cough and you cough up blood. Or there's that day that you, you find the lump. Or there's, or there's the day that, that you fall. And you go to the doctor, and doctor does test because that's what doctors do. They stick needles in places that you didn't think needles belonged. They suck so much blood out of you that you want to ask them sometimes, do you think you could leave me just a little bit so I could stay alive? They do all their stuff, and then they come, and they give you the diagnosis, and it's one word or two words, or maybe it's a sentence. But when you get the diagnosis, it's never the same again. Life is never the same again. For some of the folks in the church, God has taken them home, taken them home quickly and mercifully. Other people have lingered for a long, long time. Other people have gotten well and then not well and then well and then not well. And some people have gotten well. Not a lot, but a few. But for every last one of them, their life is never the same again. Their life is always always, always different. Now the killer to that is, is that we love these people and we love them an awful lot and we want to bring them comfort, but we don't know what to do and we don't know what to say. That's, the, that's probably, of all the questions that's asked of me as a pastor, that's probably the number one question is, is what do I say when? Let me tell you what not to say. Don't say this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. It's Romans 8.28. That's English Standard Version. You've memorized it in another, another translation at some point, I'm sure. But that verse... We mean good with it. We, we do. We believe it, but, and we mean good, and we want them to understand that God is with you. But when we say that verse, it's, it's like putting a, trying to put a Band-Aid over the top of the, of the sore. It doesn't really work. When I was, when I was uh, a very young man, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, uh, I worked for IBM for uh, five years in Atlanta, and uh, during that five years, IBM had a very big presence back in the day. They had over 3,000 employees. We had our own everything. We had our own softball league. We had our own basketball league. We had our own bowling team. Basketball. I played basketball. I look like a basketball player, right? Yeah. So uh, this, the illustration is about softball, but I got to tell you my basketball deal. I, 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 all of the guys that I hung around with, we played on all the teams. So, of course, I went out and played basketball with the rest of them. I finally got to get on the court one day, and the coach told me, he said, Randy, don't touch the ball. Do not touch the ball. Your job is to get in the way. That's all you get to do is get in the way. And I actually touched the ball once, and I actually scored a basket. You should have seen it. I mean, it, the whole place erupted in cheers, you know. Hey, it's cool. Softball. So here's the deal. This was back in the day that, that I was young, and, and we played to win softball. 
We didn't play softball to go out and have a good time and, and just all, uh-uh. We're going to win or we ain't going to play. And we all had uh, short pants because we had good legs back then. And so when it was time to slide into a base, we slid into the base. And when you slide into a base with bare skin, you get a strawberry. And if you slide real good, you get a good strawberry. You know, our motto was, if you don't bleed, you hadn't played. And we would bleed. But see, I worked for IBM. And this was back in the day of James Mallory's book, uh, How to Dress for Success. We in the mail room had to wear suits to work. So I'm wearing a suit, and, and my, my calf is just raw, just red raw. Just, you know the deal, oozing red raw. And I didn't pay attention to it during the day, and my pants leg stuck to that sore. And I ain't thinking about it. You know, I'm just doing my thing. And I get home and I go to take my pants off and it gets down to there and it's like, this ain't fun. This, this isn't fun at all. And, and two bad things happen is when you finally got your pants off, you had ripped the scab off again. So you've opened the wound up all over again and you got to take your pants to the dry cleaners to get cleaned. That's what it's like to hear, that's what it's like to hear this verse applied from the outside it just rips the skin off see the thing about Romans 8 28 that we have to understand is that it's got to be in us before we go through the event you don't do a bit of good for somebody to, to, to teach it to us while we're going through the event that's too late it's got to be in us before the event happens so that we're ready Shotgun Shooty was my 10th grade geometry teacher. Her real name was not Shotgun. We called her Shotgun Shooty. Get it? Shotgun Shooty, like you shooty a gun. Shotgun, yeah, that's pretty clever. We gave that woman torment. She actually left. I really still feel guilty this day. She left our class crying one day. We were a bad class. But she taught us geometry anyway. And she taught us how to figure up the circumference of a circle using its diameter. This little formula that you have there, and, and you do this. So I go to Washington County Road. Now, this is 10th grade high school. I learned the formula so I could pass the test. That's what I did. Learn the formula, pass the test, move on. That's all I wanted to do. So then I go to work for the Washington County Road Department, Sandersville, Georgia. I am a college-educated boy. I got me a master's degree, letters behind my name, working with guys that never finished high school. Some of them served time in the penitentiary. They got nothing to do with me, an educated boy who was an outsider, no less, because I wasn't from around there. They let me know on regular occasion that I wasn't one of them. But one day, Cherokee Pipe Company, this story has, has y'all hang with me, it's got a point. Cherokee Pipe Company comes and they unload all their pipe. Now, pipe's what goes in your driveway, you know, those pipes that go through your driveway. And if your driveway is too wide, you got to have two pipes and they put a band around it to band it together. Holds the pipes real tight because if you don't have the band, they'll work their way apart, dirt will fall in, water won't run through, your tire will go through, get cut up, life won't be good, you got to have a band. So when they came and they, they unloaded the truck, they just pushed everything off the truck. The guy, I guess, was in a hurry and all the bands got mixed up and all the pipes were just laying out there and the guys were furious because they said to me, now we've got to go out and measure every pipe and every band to see how they fit together. And I went, shotgun shooty. 
I said, I've got the invoice right here that has the sizes on it. I'll tell you which bands go with which pipe. You can't do that. I said, watch me. So I did a little razzmatazz on the calculator. Next thing you know, here's your list. These go with this. They go huffing outside in a few minutes. They come back in. They say, you know what? You knew what you were talking about. Yes, I did. Why? Because when Shooty gave me the formula, it was just up here. But it went down deep. And when I needed it, it was there. When I needed it, it was there. That's what Romans 8.28 is. When you need it, it needs to be there. When you need it, it's too late to learn it. It's got to be there. So we're going to talk about one verse. I failed again. We were supposed to cover 28, 29, and 30. Couldn't get there. All we can talk about is Romans 8, 28. Because in Romans 8, 28, there are five assurances in there that I want us all to to have if you're a note-taking person get ready I will tell you five assurances that are found in Romans 8:28 five assurances the uh, English standard version says and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose so assurance number 1 assurance number 1 is God is actively working in our lives every day. Now listen, you're going to go, this is a well-duh thing, you know, well, I've been going to church all my life, yep, yep, I know that. Do you know that? Do you know that you know that? Do you know that you know that you know that every day, God is actively, every minute, God is actively working in our lives. We know that God causes all things to work. Things don't just work out. Guys, we, we, we talk about karma. That's not Christian. We don't believe in karma. We don't believe in karma. We will say what goes around comes around. That's not Christian either. Because, see, you know like I do, you've lived life long enough. Many of you have lived life long enough. You know that, that, that bad people are sometimes bad all their lives. And yet they rise to the top and they make the money and they get the jobs and they do all that. And they're bad till the day they die, they're bad. And it didn't come around to bite them. Not in this life. And you know there's good people that work hard and do all kinds of stuff. Good people that, that, that deserve to have good things happen to them that don't. And it never changes. Bad things happen to them. Y'all know that. So we can't say that, you know, what goes around comes around all the time. It doesn't. Karma doesn't work. Oh, they'll get theirs eventually. Yeah, they may get theirs in the next life, but they might not get it in this life. And God's telling us that in all things, in all things, he's working in our lives. Now, for folks who don't know Jesus, he's working in their life for one purpose, and that's for their salvation. If they're not saved, everything that occurs to them is meaningless. It is arbitrary. It just, it's just there. Their life doesn't have a direction that they're going for. This verse does not apply to people who are not Christian. This does not apply. Oprah can't use this because it doesn't go to everybody. This goes to God's children. For you, the God who created all things, who keeps the universe in motion, 
God is actively working in our lives, even in the horrible, harsh, unbearable times. That's why this has got to be in us ahead of time. Because when you were in, I'm telling you right now, just from my little experience with my hip, when you hurt bad enough, you can't think of much else except the fact that you hurt. And when you're doing that, it's kind of like, God, what's up? It's got to be in you before you need it. It can't be applied from the outside. The second assurance is that God is working for our good. The first assurance is God's working in our lives. The second is that the things that he, are do- that he is doing is for our good. I read a great quote this week. Y'all sort of take this to heart. The guy says that instead of asking God to get you out of trouble, also ask him what you should get out of that trouble. He didn't say don't ask to get out of the trouble. See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good object lesson for this. Y'all know I've told you. I work for Satan at, uh, at Bell South. Y'all remember I've told you that. I work for Satan. I can't remember now how long it was. I think it was like 17 months. It could have been like 50 years. This woman was Satan's spawn. She was born straight from him. She, I'm telling you, I have never met an eviler more evil person in my life to work for. She was the worst boss I had ever had. She was horrid. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? She put me through torment, sexual harassment, age discrimination, you name it, this woman threw it at me. And for all the time that I worked with her, I kept saying, Lord, you got to get me out of here. 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 Lord, get me out of this mess. This is horrible. I can't do anything. Get me out of this, Lord. I should have added one thing to that. I should have added, Lord, get me out of this. And Lord, while I'm in the middle of it, show me what it is that you want me to learn here. Because I'm telling you, looking back on that experience, I have learned, I learned so much from going through that experience. I needed to go through it. I needed to learn those things. I had no clue while I was in the middle of it. That was God actively at work in my life doing good when I thought I was going to die and go to hell. It was a horrible time of my life. Add to your prayer Not just, Lord, get me out of this, but, Lord, what do I need to get out of this? What else do I need to get out of this? God's working in our lives. He uses our every experience for good. Now we get to number three. Assurance number three is God is working for our good in all things. Guys, we have already said, you go back to verse 17, 11 verses ago, and we've already said we're going to suffer. We already said we're going to suffer. If you get old, you're going to suffer. The only way to avoid suffering is to die young. Because when you get older, it's just going to happen. Your body starts to fall apart. There's nothing you can do about it. You're going to get arthritis in your hip. Your lower back's going to go out. You're going to get some kind of funky disease. Your skin's going to be dry all the time. You have to put drops in your eyes because your eyes get dry all the time. You have to pay attention to where you're walking because the ground seems to have more bumps in it than it used to. It's just what happens. The brother can attest, testify. It's what happens. We're going to suffer physically. We're going to suffer emotionally. We're going to suffer mentally. But you know, there's other suffering that's going to happen here. 
And I believe it's coming. I believe it's, I'm praying that the Lord will cause a great awakening to occur and that his church will get revived. But if the Lord doesn't choose to do that. Did y'all hear what Beto O'Rourke said this week? Beto O'Rourke is running for president under the Democratic ticket. Uh, He's one of the multitude of people running for president over there. And Beto O'Rourke said this week in in, uh, whatever town hall they were having that um, churches and organizations that do not support LGBT rights should lose their tax-exempt status. Did y'all hear that? Let me help you understand something. In our bylaws, we passed it since I've been here that the only people that can get married at the First Baptist Church of Gray are a man and a woman. And no minister that has been called by First Baptist Church can perform a wedding ceremony for anyone but a man and a woman. According to what he's saying, that's discrimination. We would lose our tax-exempt status, which... Okay, we lose our tax exempt status. It would hurt our giving because there's some people that give strictly to get the tax exemption. So that would cause your giving. We'd have to pay taxes. We'd have to change the way we live. But, but the bigger part of that is, is that you and I would be deemed bigots. And that's going to affect you in your job. And that's going to affect you in school. And that's going to affect you in the grocery store. Well, that can't happen here. <laughs> You're right. Help me understand. I never thought I would hear in my lifetime a presidential candidate say that either. Who's to say that suffering is not going to come? And yet, the scripture is assuring us that when that suffering does come, should it come, when it does come, that God is working in that too for our good. Now, we define good as comfort and happiness and wealth. Good is the American dream. But God doesn't define good that way. First Peter says, though you have not seen Jesus, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's how God defines good for us. It's the salvation of our souls, the continual sanctification process, the continual process of making us, making us like Jesus. Um, Anders Nygren said, thus all that is negative in this life is seen to have a positive purpose in the execution of God's eternal plan. All that is negative in this life is seen to have a positive purpose and the execution of God's eternal plan. Every day, God is making us more like Jesus, and everything that happens to us, there's a lesson to be learned. Now, here's the killer. Bad things happen in our life. If God's sovereign, does he cause it? I believe sometimes he does. I believe sometimes God brings trials into our lives. If it's sin, does God have anything to do with it? No. Scripture says very plainly over and over again that God hates sin. He abhors sin. He has nothing to do with sin. That he will not cause someone to sin. He will not tempt someone to sin. But if we choose to sin, God will use that in our lives 
to bring about good. He uses it just like a kid. When your child does something they shouldn't do, you discipline your child to make them a better child. God does the same thing for us. Does he cause? Yeah, sometimes I believe he does. But for us as Christians, these things aren't random. And they're not arbitrary. And, and, and I know that in the middle of torment, that's hard to understand. When it's relentless, day in and day out pain, that's a miserable grind. But in that misery, if we have Romans 8, 28 in our heart already, that's when we have assurance to lean back and know that I will make it through this. I will persevere because I know that God is at work in me for my good. I know that. However, assurance number four is that there is only one limitation to this. There's only one limitation to God's work, and that's a limit that he's imposed on himself. All things work for good for those who love him. God does not work for good in those who do not love him. Let me put a caveat on that. He can use anybody. He used Pharaoh. He used Nebuchadnezzar. He used them to bring about his good. They were never saved. They never became Christian. I believe that, that, that what God is doing in a non-Christian's life is that he is working in them to bring them to the point where they will be saved. But that is all he is doing in their life. All the things that happen in their lives are just things that happen in their lives that he is using to try to draw them to him. But if they refuse, those things have no purpose. But if you're as God's child, then you can rest assured that God is with you every step of the way, whether you're standing on the mountaintop or whether you fall into a cesspool. You know, people do that, right? I read a story, and they're cleaning out a septic tank, and the person fell in and died. I mean, you know, but God's with us no matter how bad it is, no matter how good it is, God is there. But if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior... And that's not yours. Your suffering is meaningless. You're wandering around. You're looking for the right answers. The reason there's so many self-help books out there is, is, is people are looking for those answers of, of give me the five things to do, the seven things to do, the 12 steps to follow. Give me these things to do so that I can get my life right and get my life in order. I can work at these things as hard as I can. We're wandering and we're looking for answers, but there is only one answer, and that answer is Jesus. And, and because you're here this morning, it's obvious to me that Jesus is trying to speak to you and call you to him. He wants you to understand. He wants 828 to be a part of your life too. Up until now, the things that have happened in your life are to drive you to a moment of understanding who God is and that there is good news for you and that you don't have to have all the answers, that there is one that has all the answers, and his name is Jesus. He came to earth. He lived a perfect life. If you read about his life, you'd be surprised. He turned water into wine. He was not a Baptist. That's a joke. He turned water into wine. He was not a Baptist. Get it? Y'all get it, right? Okay, thanks. You're a little slow this morning. He also hung out with unsavory people. So that means he probably was Pentecostal. And he ran people out of the church, which means he was a deacon. But in all of that, 
That's a joke, deacons. I'm sorry. I just that it just it was an easy shot. But in all of the things that Jesus did, he never got it wrong. He never did sin. He never was sinful. But it didn't matter to people. They beat Jesus mercilessly. They nailed him to a cross. They killed him. They buried him in a tomb. They fixed that tomb so that nobody could get in and nobody could go, nobody could get into it and nobody could get out of it without everybody knowing it. And on the third day, God raised Jesus back to life, not as a disembodied spirit, not as a ghost. He raised him back to life as an immortal person. For all eternity, Jesus will be like that. And you know, when Paul, Paul wrote, to the book, uh, wrote the book of Corinthians, a letter to the Corinthians, I never understood that until this week where Jesus says, or where Paul says, oh death, where's your victory? Oh death, where's your sting? I didn't realize it was a taunt. That's a taunt. It's, it's like when Georgia got beat yesterday by that no-name group in South Carolina. When they got beat yesterday and the South Carolina people turned to the Georgia players and they went, where's your sting, big dog? Where's your victory, big dog? That's what Paul's doing right here in 1 Corinthians. He's turning to death going, where's your sting, death? Where's your victory, death? You don't have it. What Paul says Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory. You can have this victory. Maybe you're like that little boy. Listen, that little boy thing follows you all your life. Maybe you're 30, 40, 50 years old. You're still that little little boy. Maybe you are the mom whose husband is beating on her. At First Baptist Church, let me, let me share something with you. Uh, where are we at? Okay, I still got a few minutes left. We were at... Um, Friday night, I went to the Domestic Violence Awareness Banquet down at uh, Genesco. And uh, at, the dest- at that banquet, I'm not going to try to say the name again, I have trouble with that. But when we went down there, Don Baskins, who is the senior assistant district attorney for our area, gave a PowerPoint presentation of, of domestic violence in Jones County. Now, she mentioned national statistics. She mentioned Georgia statistics. She talked Jones County. And the killer to her presentation is she showed pictures. Cases that they had prosecuted. Bruises. uh, Gunshot wounds. One lady got shot in the neck. Still wanted to go back to her husband after she got shot in the neck. These things happen in Jones County. They happen right here. Those things happen. So we can't say that's an Atlanta problem or even a Macon problem. It's a Jones County problem. They, they ran a list at the end of her presentation of, of women, and I don't think there were any men in this. There are men that get abused. Somebody got hot water poured all over them. But, but they ran a list at the end of this thing of, of women in Jones County who were killed by their husbands or their boyfriend. Jones County. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Let me help you understand how that stops. That stops through knowing Jesus. 
That's the only thing that's going to cure this. Government's not going to do it. Taking away guns isn't going to do it. Some governmental program's not going to do it. It's going to be Jesus. Maybe you're that woman that's going through that right now. Maybe you're the person who is carrying the burden of pain and sickness and disease and addiction and heartbreak or cancer or a million other different things. I've got good news. The cross of Jesus brought you victory. You can win. You can persevere. You can be free because Jesus died to set you free. Jesus died so he could work in your life every day for his good, for your good, for his glory, with a purpose. Jesus did that for you. Now, I want to ask you, won't you trust Jesus to be your Savior? This is not the invitation, but I want you to bow your heads. And if you're that person, that this makes sense to you, that, that, that you know that you've been looking forever and, and, and Jesus has got to be right, pray a prayer like this with me. It says, Lord Jesus, I am broken. And I don't know where to turn. I believe that you are God's son. And I believe that you will forgive me of my sins. And that preacher says that you'll make me new. And I believe that. Please, Jesus, I turn away from all that I have trusted. And right now, I'm going to trust you and you only from now on. Please save me. Y'all look up here. If, if, if you prayed that prayer and you were sincere, you meant it enough to stake your life on it, that I will change everything. I'm going to follow you. Then you're my brother and sister. And Romans 8, 28 does apply to you. That God starts this minute and he looks at you and he starts this minute working in your life for good in all things. And assurance number five, assurance number five, we are assured that our lives have purpose. You ever played tug of war? You know, got the rope, trying to pull the other team in the mud, you know? If everybody on one side, <clears throat> if everybody on one side is pulling the rope in all kinds of different directions, your team can't win. All you've got to do to understand this illustration is you look at the nightly news and you see all these people pulling in all these different directions. That's got to cause you a little bit of concern about our country because if we're all going in different directions, we can't win the game. We've got to pull in the same in the same direction. When Jesus came into your life, you were pulling in every direction that you could possibly pull in. But now that, now that Jesus is in you, now that Jesus is yours and you are his, you are assured. We can know that we know that we know that we are working for a purpose, that everything we're going through is for a purpose. There is a reason. It is God's perfect purpose. We can rest assured that when things don't go as we expect, we can lean back and go instead of going, oh, God, why is this happening to me? I can lean back and go, oh, God, what, is it, what, is, what are you doing? What do I need to learn? What do I need to know? How can we walk through this thing together? Give me strength because I know he's doing it through me. Chris Ardeline was a, a drug addict, and then he met Jesus. Chris said this, he said, when I saw the hell of my past as the grace of God, 
That's when my new life in Jesus began. I saw God's hand at work to draw me to him. He's brought me to him, and I'll see his hand at work in my life forever. That's got to be in you now. It can't come to you when you're in the middle of the pain. It's got to be in us now. You might be scared. You might be afraid, but there's that paradox because at the same time you're not scared and you're not afraid. Because God's working in my life. And God's working in my life for good. And God's working for my good in all the things that happen to me. And God is working for my good in all of the things that happen to me because I love him and gave my life to him. God is working for my good in all of the things that happen in my life because I love him. I gave my life to him. And he has a purpose for my life. And I'm fulfilling that purpose with every breath I Take. My life may not matter to anybody on this earth, but my life matters to Jesus. And he will see me through everything. Because verse 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, that's not a Hobby Lobby project. That's not a project for you to go to Hobby Lobby and, and get one of them fancy little things to your bobs and you paint it on there and you stick it on your wall so that when people come in the house, they think you're a good person. This is something that you paint on your heart and that you know when hard times come, I can lean back and know. I can persevere. I can make it. I will come out on the other side. I might die in the process, but I know if I do, it's what God wanted, and it's going to be better on the other side. It may be better on this side. I don't know, but it's a purpose because God is working through me. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Don't let it be a fact that just rests on your head. Start, God says, be still and know that I'm God. Take a minute and, and, and meditate on this and know that you know that you know because you are going to suffer. It's going to happen. Mom and dad's going to die. Husband and wife's going to die. God forbid a child dies. You're going to suffer. Be ready for it. By knowing that God is in you and with you and will never let you go. Y'all pray with me. Father, I pray that you bless, that you bless Miss Shooty. And I, bless, I pray, Father, that you bless all the teachers that have good classes and bad classes. That work so hard each and every week to love their students, to help their students. Lord, it's got to be a calling. They'll never be rich. The only fame they have is that when a 63-year-old man is preaching a sermon, he might remember their name fondly, knowing that they made a difference in his life. I pray that you bless her and all of our teachers, Father. And Father, I pray like her that what I've what I've taught this morning is something that you you inspired and you are you are pounding into our hearts and help us not to forget it and Lord when <clears throat> when we're suffering and the thought starts to move away from us send someone to gently remind us 
that you're at work. That you are a good God who only does good things in his children's life. That you have a purpose for everything. And that one day we'll see you face to face. And I don't know if we'll understand everything about life, but we'll understand who you are and where we are. I thank you for the hope. And I pray this morning, Lord, that whoever you brought into this house this morning that does not know you personally, I pray that this morning that they heard, that you stirred their heart, that you knocked on the door, and that all they do this morning is receive the fact of your grace and your mercy in their life. Please, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode from FBC Gray. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single message. For more information about First Baptist Gray, visit us online at fbcgray.org. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue helping people find Jesus and give Jesus away.